A few weeks before Christmas started, I was in St. John's in the church, and I was just kind of walking around making sure things were set up. And one thing I noticed is there was this little girl and her grandma, and they were lighting candles and saying prayers. And after they did that, they went to one of the people who works at the church and said, we're looking for a card of an angel, because we want to say a prayer to an angel. And I just kind of talked with them. We found them a holy card with an angel, a guardian angel prayer on it. And as we were walking around, I just said, you know, what are, what are you looking for prayers for? And the grandma just kind of put her head down and looked at me and said, well, this little girl here doesn't know if she's going to have parents tomorrow. There's going to be a court case. And she came here to say some prayers so her family isn't torn apart. And then I just got down on, I just got down on one knee and looked at her and just said, always know that God hears every single one of your prayers. Always know that God hears every single one of your prayers. And the smile that she had was one of the greatest Christmas gifts that I received. Because I think we take it, we take it for granted that God hears us. God indeed does hear us when we pray to him. And we take it for granted even having a mom or a dad in the home when almost half of families in the United States today don't. They don't. Today in our first reading, we hear from the book of Sirach. And Sirach is one of the seven books that is only found in the Catholic Bible. All Protestant evangelical Bibles do not have the book of Sirach in there. And Sirach is writing to his son. It's a message from a father to his son. And one thing he says a few times, if you're listening, he said, and when he prays, he is heard. And when he prays, he is heard. And just like that little girl, when she was praying to the, to the angels, and those angels bring those prayers before our Heavenly Father, God hears those prayers. God hears those prayers. And today we celebrate the solemnity of the Holy Family. And I think a lot of times we get the Holy Family wrong. We look at the Holy Family and we think, they must be perfect, they didn't have any problems, that's why they're called the Holy Family, right? Well, just in general, Mary is 13 to 15 years old, and she got pregnant and had a kid. Most people would kind of shun that in our society. And Joseph is the foster father, and the baby isn't his. And they are put under extreme pressure to live a life so radical, so different, that it would probably cost Joseph his job. And they had to do a lot of things, even listening to angels, to protect this little child. Because after Jesus was born, they had the slaughtering of the holy innocents. Any boy under two years old was killed by Herod. And the amount of pressure that was under this holy family, to know that when they started going back from Egypt to Nazareth, as we heard in our gospel reading today, the amount of pressure must have been insane. But they had to. And, and I think often we, we look at things through a 21st century lens, but you have to imagine if you're traveling back in that time, how dangerous it would be to travel anywhere. But Joseph, as the patron of the church, he is leading Mary and Jesus through the storms. But he knew that God heard him. And you have to imagine there's probably a lot of times of silence 
There's probably a lot of times of silence. And I think that's one thing that's just missing in our cultural, culture in general. And it's also one thing that's probably missing in a lot of our homes. Just to spend time in silence together and to put Christ back at the center of the family. And I think often we, we forget that it is actually the family's job, the home, to be the first teachers of Jesus. So if you grew up in a home where your parents raised you in the faith, they did a good job. But one thing I often hear as a priest is, well, I sent my kids to Catholic school, and they're not Catholic anymore. I sent my kids to faith formation, but they're not Catholic anymore. It's the family's job to be the first teachers of the faith. And when you, parents, when you had your child baptized, this is just maybe just a reminder, when you had your, your parents baptized, or your child baptized, you promised to raise your child in the faith. And these are the questions you were asked. So this homily is more of a simple reminder, but also us as a faith community, we promise that we'd help every single person who walks through these doors learn the faith, how to fall in love with Jesus. So when a child comes forward to be baptized, the priest will say, what name do you give your child? And the parents will say the child's name. And they'll say, what do you ask of God's church? And typically the answer is baptism. If they don't say baptism, they'll wait for it. But then, this is what I think we, we don't hear. Know that, knowing that God hears this, but what do we not hear that God tells us? And it says in the prayer, it says, You have asked to have your child baptized. In doing so, you are, are accepting the responsibility of training him or her in the practice of the faith. It will be your duty to bring him or her up to keep God's commandments, as Christ taught us, by loving God and neighbor. And here's the question. Do you clearly understand what you are undertaking? And the parents typically say, we do. And it would seem that most of them are liars. Or they're consumed with being busy that day. Or they never took time to really look at what they just agreed to. Maybe it was just, I want to look Catholic, or I, I want to make grandma and grandpa happy, or mom and dad happy, but I really have no plan to raise this child in the faith. But the question says, do you clearly understand what you are undertaking? And then they even make a profession of faith, and the priest will say, do you reject Satan? I do. do you, and all his works? I do. And all his empty promises? I do. And they even say that, but we have to look at, are we just going through the motions? Or are we intentionally trying to take the next step of raising this child in the faith? And that's mainly done in the home. And then there's a blessing over the father to be the leader. And it says, God, the giver of all life, human and divine, may he bless the father of this child. And it says, he and his wife will be the first teachers of, this chi- of their child in the ways of faith. And it says, maybe they also be the best of teachers, bearing witness to the faith by what they say and, and do in Christ Jesus our Lord. So parents are called to be the first teachers of the faith, and we are trying as a parish community to do that. We, we handed out those, those different little um, bookmarks at the end of your pews that has a free sign-up for the Formed app, which is full of Catholic content. We have Catholic radio. You can go 
anywhere and everywhere to find out different information about the Catholic faith. So basically, it would seem that not trying to learn the Catholic faith and teach it in the home would be for two reasons. Either because I literally have no intention of actually doing this, and I just want to please mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, and then I won't go to church the rest of my life. Or it would seem that I'm choosing to allow the busyness of the world to interfere. I can remember growing up, and, and when, it, when it come, we'd have basketball tournaments on the weekends, and my dad would just say, you're going to church, and you're going to miss the game. Because he took these promises seriously. And I know when, when I took these promises, when I was a godfather for both my godchildren, I took them very seriously. It actually kind of pushed me back. And I was like, I'm actually going to be held responsible for this soul getting to heaven? That's going to be, I'm going to be judged for that? And this is something I think we all just need to look in the mirror first. Always look at myself first. How am I doing with that? Before I point fingers at others. And I think it would just be simple, a simple task for us to, this week just to go back through Colossians 3. Because St. Paul preaches a beautiful message that I think a lot of us need to hear. And if we can bring this into our homes, our homes will become the first school of Christianity, which they're meant to be. And St. Paul says, put on as God's chosen ones, knowing that God chose us, it says, Holy and Beloved, he said, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. And he says, bearing with one another, but also forgiving one another. And maybe just think about your home life. Is it a place of forgiveness? Is my home a place of forgiveness? And he says, if one has grievance against one another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so also must you do. And that happens primarily in confession for us. So even asking, does our family have a habit of going to confession? Because you and I cannot give what we do not have. I cannot give the mercy of Jesus if I do not receive the mercy of Jesus. And as parents being the first models of the faith, what I always encourage is always remember that a family that prays together stays together. And if a little boy or girl sees dad going to confessional, and then mom, and then his older sister and brother, then they will see the, the home change because it becomes a place of forgiveness. And God's grace will flow through the home more purely. And then the word says, and over all these, put on love. And love is a choice, not a feeling. Love is a choice to will the good of the other. So I actually place myself below them to lift them up. I actually place myself below them to lift them up. And he says, that is the bond of perfection. When we don't think about ourselves so much, we think, how can I serve? And one of my favorite acronyms for family on this Holy Family Sunday is, for family is, forget about me, I love you. If I think I'm the center of my family, I have it wrong. If I'm thinking, I don't get what I want, I have family life wrong. And then it says, St. Paul says to the Colossians, and let the peace of Christ control your hearts. And I think if we break that down, we just have to look at ourselves and say, what does control my heart? Is it the peace of Christ? Or is it worrying about the Packers later today? And how they, when they lose, does that control my heart? 
Because one of the saddest statistics in our, in our Wisconsin history is when the Packers lose, domestic abuse charges go up. When the Packers lose, domestic abuse charges go up. And the domestic home is your home and my home. The domestic church is our homes. And if we are controlled by anger or resentment or impurity or whatever, the Lord is calling us as we head into 2020 to make some changes. And one thing I always encourage people to do is to make a little change. Because very few of us can go cold turkey. Very few of us can go cold turkey and make changes. And after St. Paul says that, I think he just calls us to what we need to always be doing. He just says, and be thankful. One thing I, I encourage a lot of people to do is just stop complaining. Stop gossiping. And just think about how I can thank and praise God with gratitude in our hearts. And as soon as you and I are tempted towards anger, if we look around to make a decision to be grateful, our lives will indeed change. You know, I don't know what brought that grandma and that little girl into the church a few weeks ago. But I do know they came to light some candles, to offer a prayer. And I do know that that little girl would probably love to be in a lot of your homes. But she knew, through a simple act of the Holy Spirit working through me, it was not me, it was Jesus, it was his Holy Spirit, that God heard her. And her smile reflected that. And what was her response? She said, thank you. As we head into 2020, I just want to encourage all of us to work on bringing Christ back into our home, spending more time in silence with Jesus, but also always know that a family that prays together stays together. In families, we are not the center of our family because it's all about forgetfulness of self and how I can will the good of the other. Forget about me. I love you. And if we do indeed put on that heartfelt compassion, that kindness, that humility, that gentleness, that patience, and we also bear with one another and we're forgiving one another, we will see the family be healed. But over half of our families in the United States are broken in one way or another. That means every other family that you see has some type of disorder in it. And what Jesus does through his Holy Spirit is he brings order where there is disorder. But you and I have to let him do it. We have to say, Jesus, I give you control over my heart. He loves us so much that we have free will. But if we know that he hears us, if we know that he hears us, it makes it much easier to do that. As you head into 2020, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.